started. So my apologies to the podcasters. I've, I've just read uh, uh, St. John chapter 3, started in verse 22 through 36, and uh, it cut off. But nevertheless, we're getting back into this. Uh, we, we see where uh, the redemptive cry and call of the Lord Jesus Christ is to save. Uh, so God didn't hate the world. Uh, and God didn't kill His Son. God loved the world, and therefore He gave His Son. And, and, and the Bible tells us right here, as we work through this, as we're getting into this in fruition, He didn't condemn the world, uh, but He came to this world that it might be saved. Romans 8, 3, uh, the Bible tells us over there, and, and, and we've worked our way through this, uh, but God uh, condemned sin in the flesh. He didn't condemn the Son, He condemned sin. Uh, so now the Bible tells us in verse number 18, as we get into this, it says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. And we want to carry that thought and that concept as we work our way through the latter part of the chapter. He that believeth not is condemned already. And believing not is, is the triumphant theme as we work our way through the gospel of John uh, in its entirety. Uh, John uh, is here to, uh, to establish and set the premise that Christ is superior than all, that he is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's not just the lamb uh, that came to this world, but he is the lion that is robed in, uh, in, in lamb's wool. Uh, friends, listen, and, and he came to redeem, he came to satisfy, he came to ransom, uh, and he came to set in order all things uh, that have been corrupted. But we'll move our way through this. So, uh, and so we see this, this triumphant theme as we work our way through this, and we see the correlations as we discussed in previous times and days about the correlation from the Old Testament and the Passover language that is used in this from the book of Exodus as John is drawing our mind in to Christ, the great Passover lamb. Uh, so now then we get in here and we see uh, in John's gospel right here, we see a reiteration from back from chapter one where John the Baptist steps in. The scripture says in verse number 22, after these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea and there he tarried with them and baptized. Uh, and John also was baptized in, in Enon near uh, Salim because there was much water there and they came and were baptized. And so here we see, uh, and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but we see where a contention begins to boil and rise right here be between uh, the disciples of John and the disciples of Christ. We have overlapping. Uh, this is the only time it's not recorded in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, uh, only in the Johannine text we have right here in the Gospel of John do we find here where we see this overlapping uh, uh, taking place right here of John the Baptist and Jesus where their uh, ministries are uh, intermingled and commixed and uh, and, and there's a little bit of dissension beginning to flare up and rise amongst uh, John's disciples uh, because they said, listen, th this other guy over here, his name's Jesus. Uh, listen, he, he, he's still in your thunder. And, G and John sets them uh, back in line right here because you remember the declaration that John made uh, in the first chapter. He said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, uh, which was a direct correlation, as we've already talked about, to uh, uh, the book of Exodus when we see the Pascal and the perfect uh, unblemished Lamb. Uh, we see uh, John the Baptist make the reference to the Lord Jesus Christ uh, in this fashion. And so uh, we even see in, in preceding verses right here where uh, John the Baptist made this profession. He said, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Uh, the same came for a witness to bear witness of that light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent uh, to bear witness of that light. 
So he was the forerunner of Christ. He kept uh, preaching, uh, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, we know that he had a specific purpose, a specific calling, and God used him faithfully, and he was faithful to his call even unto death. Uh, and friends today, listen, uh, everything that we do in our service to the Lord Jesus Christ is not always uh, peaches and cream. It's not always roses, uh, but there is a method by whereby that we need to understand that we are enduring, that we are pursuing. Uh, as Abraham said, he said, uh, he said, I, I, Abraham said, I look for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Uh, friends, listen, uh, uh, the, Paul wrote to us, 1 Corinthians 15. He said, if my hope uh, were in this world only, I'd be of all men uh, most miserable. Uh, friends, listen to me. We need to understand that death in its essence uh, for the redeemed, saved, born-again Christian, uh, that death in its essence is, is an extension of mercy. And because we have an extension of mercy in death, uh, Francis, we don't have to live in this fleshly carnal body uh, that uh, is immobilized by sin. Uh, Francis, we get a freedom of release through death, and we get to enter into that eternal state, saved, sealed, and secure uh, through uh, the presence uh, and for the filling and our allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the presence of the Holy Spirit. We get to go uh, live with him for an eternity. So John the Baptist right here, he's coming up and he's saying, listen, and uh, in verse 24 and 25, the Bible says, for John was not yet cast into the prison. So this is before, uh, listen, before he was captured and thrown into the prison cell and beheaded. It says, there arose a question uh, between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. Of course, we, we see here, uh, this is uh, uh, going back into the book of Leviticus. We see the, the, the ceremonial washings uh, that are carried forward from the works from the Mosaic law, uh, from the book of Leviticus that are carried forward right here. And we see this Jewish ideology uh, that, they, that they can't disconnect themselves from. And this Jewish ideology is pressing them uh, into a place where they think that they have to live by the laws and the ordinances. Uh, but John the Baptist here, he said, listen, I'm not violating laws and ordinances. I, I'm not contesting or even bringing condemnation into the law. He said, what I'm doing is I'm setting the right state of mind. Uh, friends, listen, I, I'm baptizing into newness that you might repent. What does the word remit, uh, repent mean in its essence? The word repent in, it, uh, in its essence means to turn and walk away. It means to, uh, once we're progressing in a specific direction, it means to stop, to address, to realize where we are, to turn uh, and go in a separate direction. Uh, and John is baptizing into repentance uh, as he is the forerunner of Christ, looking forward to the Messiah, the Lamb of God that he's already declared. He said, I'm not the light. He said, but there's one that cometh after me of which his shoes I'm not even worthy uh, to unlatch. Uh, friends, listen, and this is where G, uh, John uh, the Baptist is pushing us forward to, and this is what the Gospel of John is communicating. So the Bible says uh, that there was a question rose up. And of course, this was a, 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 a dispute over uh, the law in essence. And the Bible tells us in verse 26, And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, uh, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizeth, uh, and all men come to him. So the, uh, John's disciples are, are worried. They're saying, listen, John, uh, we, we need you to understand that Jesus, uh, listen, uh, he, uh, he's a river bend ahead of us. He's baptizing as well. Uh, and all the people are going to where he is and they're leaving us. And, and this is where we have the, 
uh, the admission of John the Baptist and what a great man of God uh, that he was and how we need to be acclimated this way in ourselves and posture ourselves this. John the Baptist made the declaration. He said, well, it's time. The Messiah, the light, the salt has appeared. The temple is now among us. And he said, because he is among us, I must decrease so that he might increase. Uh, friends, listen, our works are not set to glorify ourselves. Our works are set to glorify our Father. Uh, listen, and we need to understand that it's not about us. In Western Christianity today, we've made everything about us. Uh, listen, the Bible is about us. Uh, Christianity is about us. The atonement is about us. Church is about us. Friends, listen to me. We need to recenter. We need to refocus and understand uh, that church, the atonement, Christianity is all about Jesus. And I'm glad that I can be a part and a member of that fold in which God has made provision whereby we can be accepted. So the Bible tells us in verse 27, John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except to be given him from heaven. Ye yourselves bear me witness. I, then I said, I am not the Christ, but that I am, uh, but, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my place right there. Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. Okay. Uh, and John is, is making reference as you go back over here uh, in the first chapter. And so the Bible says, uh, uh, listen, uh, in verse number 18, no man has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is the bosom of the Father. He has declared him. This is the record uh, of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. Uh, and they asked him, what then art thou last? And he saith, I am not, art thou the prophet? And he answered, no. Of course, we explained that a few weeks back when we went through the first chapter. But this is just a reiteration of John saying, listen, I am not the Christ. I am not the Messiah. I, I am not the one which the prophets wrote about. I am not the one that Moses wrote about. I am not the one that Abraham looked to. Uh, friends, listen to me, but there's one that cometh after me that shall fulfill the Davidic seed, born of a virgin Mary, conceived by the Holy Spirit, uh, raw with humanity. Uh, friends, listen, and because he was wrought and wrapped in humanity, we need to understand this today. Friends, listen, there is a portion in the part about the virgin conception uh, that is absolutely essential uh, to our doctrine, in, uh, listen, to our salvific doctrine and, and, and how it needs to be interpreted. Friends, listen, Christ came, the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter number two, he said he thought it not robbery to make himself equal with God, uh, but uh, in making himself equal with God, he robed himself with flesh and humbled himself and robed himself with flesh and became obedient, uh, uh, even uh, uh, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So friends, listen to me, we need to understand that Christ robed himself with humanity. He had the capacity to sin. And people, you need to listen to what I'm telling you. Our friends, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter number two, or excuse me, in chapter number four, he said he was, he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. The flesh and the humanity of Christ had the capacity to sin, but he did not. That was his sovereignty. That was I, that was God's perfect plan. I, listen, he fulfilled everything. He consummated everything. And that's where we see the fulfillment of Romans chapter number eight, verse number three, I, that he condemned sin in the flesh. 
He had the capacity to, but he never succumbed to it. And in never succumbing to it, he became the perfect Pascal lamb uh, that was worthy and of acceptation uh, through, uh, listen, through a yielding and surrender of his body. Listen, the Bible tells us no man takes my life from me, but I give it. I'm, I give it as a ransom that I might redeem all things. And so this redemption of all things, uh, we see this concession right here that Jesus was just like as, uh, just like you and I were. He wept uh, at the tomb of Lazarus. There's, and, and we'll get into that and, and what all that entails. But we see physical emotion from Christ. Uh, listen, we, we understand that he hurt. Uh, listen, that, he, that when when people would not believe and receive the words of his father, would they when they would not receive him? Uh, listen, it. it, it, it caused him uh, great pain because he was human. Yes, he was God, but he was human. He uh, Listen, the Trinity we see here, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this right here because this is a whole other topic and subject of and in and of itself. Um, but friends, listen, we, we need to understand right here that we have three parts of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Uh, they are not modalistic in the fact that uh, friends, listen, a lot of people make the comparison. I've even done it, uh, and I've done it wrongly, and I'm here to correct it tonight. We see the comparison made a lot of times of we have ice, water, and steam, uh, and we say that that is uh, a function of the Godhead, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that he just manifests himself in different ways, uh, and, and that's what's known as modalism, that it's just one singular entity. But friends, listen, we have three distinct entities in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Uh, listen, they are three distinct persons and entities, yet they are of all of one essence. I'm Francisan. And so we, we get into this right here, uh, and we need to understand that the Spirit of God, the, the Son, and the Father, they all work uh, in, in perfect harmony and in conjunction. They never contrast. They never contradict, but they all work in perfect harmony and function as it uh, perfectly uh, uh, should. But we get into this right here. Uh, I'll digress right here. It says, uh, You yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. Uh, he that uh, hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, uh, rejoiceth greatly because the bridegroom's voice, uh, because of the bridegroom's voice, this is my joy, therefore it is fulfilled. John the Baptist, and of course, verse number 30 is the famous verse that John the Baptist makes, uh, and we quote often. He, uh, John the Baptist makes the declaration, he said, I must, uh, I, he must increase, but I must decrease. And so we see this right here, and we, and we see this fulfillment uh, where uh, John the Baptist is making the realization uh, when he saw Jesus on the bank of the river, he said, Behold the Lamb of God, as I've already mentioned. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away uh, the sin of the world. We see this right here where Jesus comes on the scene and John the Baptist in and of himself uh, and through uh, unction, I believe, of the Spirit of God, uh, seeing the rise of the Messiah uh, as he was establishing his superiority over all things. And he said, it's time that I must decrease so that Christ might be glorified, that he might increase. Verse 31, the Bible says, he that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth 
is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. This speaks again, yet once again, this is talking about the superiority of Christ, how he is, how he is far exceeds all things. We see uh, we see the hierarchy order uh, 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 as it's uh, alluded to in Hebrews chapter number two when the Bible tells us uh, the author of Hebrews makes the declaration that said that Jesus became a little lower than the angels. So he stepped off the precious crown jewel and diadem of heaven. He made himself lower than the angels. He robed himself uh, with a cloak of flesh uh, that he might fill, uh, listen, the, the void and the gap and everything that was corrupted and fallen and broken from the garden that he might redeem all things back unto himself. Uh, listen, and we see the cross of Calvary. What is the cross of, the, of Calvary? The cross of Calvary is the inauguration of the new kingdom that already, but it's not yet, listen, it is already established and we are headed to it. So friends, listen, we see this right here. Uh, listen, we're not looking for a third temple building because Jesus has already made the declaration in John chapter two. Uh, listen, uh, he said, I am this temple. He said, I am the temple. He said, I'll tear it down and in three days I'll rebuild it. Well, I'm, listen, we have lost focus if we're looking for a, a physical, literal, third built temple when Jesus has already said that I, uh, listen, uh, and, and, and he, was tell, he was talking to him in John chapter two as he's looking upon, uh, uh, as he's looking uh, upon the temple, he tells him. He said, "Listen, uh, this building's going to be tore down." And 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 that there again, it infuriated him. He said, "Listen, it took forty six years. This is Second Temple Lane. He said, it took forty six years for us to build this." Uh, friends, listen, uh, and he said, listen, I'm not even talking about this building. And we see the end of this transitional period in 70 AD when the destruction of the temple, uh, we'll get into that more from a historical period when we, we get into the latter portion of the book. But we get right here, and the Bible tells us right here in verse number 31, it says, he that, uh, uh, that cometh from above is above all. Uh, listen, so this is establishing uh, the Old Testament prophecies that there's going to be one that is going to be superior to all. Uh, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, David, uh, Solomon, uh, uh, all the prophets, all the priests, all the kings, he will be superior to all. He, be, he will be our ransom redeemer, and he will be the one that will set in order all things that have been corrupted and broken. It says uh, in verse number 32, uh, and what he and what uh, he hath seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. So listen to this. And what he hath seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. I am the Christ. I am the Messiah. As he's making these declarations, we'll get on into this, especially right here when we, when we start getting in the latter portion of chapter 4 or 5 and verse number 6, when he starts to have contention uh, with the Jews. Uh, listen, and Jesus makes the profession to the Jews. It says, listen, you won't believe me because you won't believe my father. Uh, and, 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 and he says, listen, you don't even believe Moses because Moses wrote of me. So friends, listen, when we see this right here, we see that we have the rise of the Messiah. And this is the triumphant theme as we work our way through this. In verse number 33, the Bible says, He, hath, uh, uh, he that hath received his testimony hath uh, set to his seal that God is true. In allegiance to Christ, in allegiance to God the Father, in allegiance to the kingdom, this 
it, it, this is where our, our our believing loyalty and our allegiance, this is where it needs to be placed. It needs to be placed in the Messiah. It says, for he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God. Listen, for he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God. So we see right here, uh, we, we see uh, the Trinity rise again right here. This is Christ the incarnate, the Messiah, the second person of the Trinity, God in the flesh, Emmanuel. We see that Jesus makes this declaration. We see this affirmation. But the Bible tells us right here, it says that, uh, that he uh, whom God has sent, you go over to the book of Hebrews, it said that he was set in order, God sent him, he made him a priest after the order of Melchizedek. This, uh, and we've talked about this at great length before too, friends. Listen, when we go back over here and we, and we see the language that Peter used in 1 Peter chapter number one, it says, for as much as you know, uh, listen, you were not redeemed with corruptible things uh, such as silver and gold from vain conversations received by tradition of fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of lamb without blemish, without spot, who was verily foreordained before, before the foundation of the world. We had a savior before this world was ever breathed into existence. Before anything was ever spoken, uh, listen, God had established a Messiah. Uh, listen, and that Messiah is a necessity and, and he is coming to set all things in order. He is the great redeemer. I've said this on many occasions. He's not the answer to our sin. He's the savior of our sin. Uh, so we see here that Christ has come and he speaks the words of God. And Jesus makes this declaration in many other places. He said, I don't speak anything of myself. I only speak what the Father tells me. It says, for he whom God has sent speaketh of the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. He is fully embodied, fully embodied. A residence, this is temple language, okay? Right, when we get into this right here, we see the full embodiment and encapsulation uh, of what would come for the rest of the atoned believers on the day of Pentecost. You see, friends, this, we, we see right here a full and entire embodiment of the Holy Spirit of God uh, that is dwelling in His Son, which Jesus has told us, listen, what is the temple? It is, is the place where God resides with man, wherever or whatever that is. Uh, and the place where God resides with man in this context is the Lord Jesus Christ. This is our dwelling place. So the Bible tells us, For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loveth the Son, and hath given all things into his hands. Amen. The Father loveth the Son. Amen. I, I'm glad, friends, listen. Uh, the Father does not love the Son. He does not punish the Son. He does not pour His wrath on His Son. Uh, friends, listen to me. Uh, but there is, a, there is a measure of justice that must be reconciled. Uh, and Jesus reconciled those things through the ransom uh, and through the sacrifice, the willful sacrifice of His body on the cross of Calvary. So friends, listen. I, I just want to read this to you. Uh, just briefly right here in 1 Corinthians 15. Of course, this is post-resurrection, and Paul writes these words. 
<coughs> but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man also uh, came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterwards they that are Christ that is coming, then cometh the end. When the king, when uh, he shall, shall deliver up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. For he hath put all things under his feet. Uh, but when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. And we go back and we can go to the uh, Revelation chapter number 20 at the final uh, judgment and the consummation of the kingdom. We see right here at the final judgment, the Bible says that death and hell are cast into the lake of fire. Uh, listen, the Bible tells us that they are cast into these things. Uh, listen, and they are never to be resurrected. Uh, so we see uh, the fulfillment of John, what John is writing about. We, we, we get an essence of right here. Of course, John has not seen the Patmos vision uh, as of yet. It's just a few years after this. Uh, but John has not seen the, the, the Patmos vision yet. Uh, but the Bible tells us right here, we see the superiority of all things, and we do understand that when this was written in, in verse number 35 in the Gospel of John, uh, was postdated past Paul's writing of 1 Corinthians 15. So we see the agreement of the text. The Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into his hand. And, and Paul makes this declaration in 1 Corinthians. Listen, and we get into the Adam language. Listen, where I, I, all things die. I uh, in Adam. And we, we spent many days, and I'm going to tie all this together, but we spent many days in Romans chapter number 5 uh, when the Bible tells us, uh, listen, in verse number 18, uh, chapter 5, verse number 18, Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto the justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. More of the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That is, sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we see, uh, as we get into this right here, we see that Christ is the second Adam. Uh, listen, uh, and the Bible tells us that the first Adam, uh, that he was a man and he was of the flesh and he will die. But he said the second Adam is a quickening spirit. What is a quickening spirit? It is the life-giving Ruach. If you go back and you study in the third chapter, we'll be studied through that. He is the life-giving breath. Amen. That is the second Adam. That is the fullness of the Messiah, uh, of the mediator, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he is all in all. Amen. 
So the Bible tells us right here that Christ shall reign until all things be put under his feet and when the last enemy shall be destroyed, which is death, which we read about in Revelation 20 at the final, uh, listen, consummating judgment, uh, then we will see where the Lord Jesus Christ surrenders all things back to the Father when the redeemed cosmic family of God, all those that have pledged their allegiance, faith, and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, been saved, purged, washed and their robes been made washed and white uh, uh, in in the lamb's blood then we'll all be gathered back together uh, in that wonderful and beautiful city which the bible tells us in the book of john and we talked about this sunday that the, the scripture says and he said i've seen it coming down out of heaven Amen. Uh, he said, for the first heaven, the first earth were passed away. And he said, behold, there is a new heaven and a new earth. And he said, I saw these things coming down from God out of heaven. And we see the final consummation of God's kingdom, uh, whereby he will gather all of his family together and we will dwell in eternity in this perfect paradise, wherein the tree of life, as we talked about Sunday morning, uh, wherein the tree of life is open and exposed where the uh, the lamb of god the bible tells us where we'll dwell in his presence so the father loveth the son the father does not hate the son uh, the father does not hate this world the father loves this world and because he loves this world and he loves his son uh, he has condemned sin in the flesh of the Son. He didn't condemn the Son. He condemned sin in the flesh of the Son. So the Bible tells us in verse number 36, uh, and we'll be done uh, for tonight. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Amen. Uh, we go back over here to the to the uh, about the middle portion of the third chapter. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Then we tie it in with verse number 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Friends, listen to me. I'm glad that when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, an enduring belief, a true salvific, uh, listen, a, tr a true faith is an enduring faith. Amen? It is not something that is once professed one time, many, many years ago, in which there's been, uh, listen, it's not by perfection, it's not by performance, but I'm going to tell you something. When you align yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and you have the indwelling, the embodiment of the Holy Spirit of God, there's an, an obedience factor. That's what Samuel was talking about. Uh, listen, when he went down, he was talking to, uh, to, to Saul. Listen, uh, Saul, uh, uh, Samuel told him, he said, listen, did I not tell you to destroy the Amalekites and all things? He said, listen, did I not, basically what he was telling me, he said, did I not tell you and command you to destroy all essence and presence of sin? Because this is an abomination and an aberration against God. He said, destroy it all. Right, listen to me. And the Bible says, uh, listen, he said, well, then what meaneth the bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen that I hear? 
Uh, and Saul begins to say, he said, well, I kept back the firstlings of the flock that I may offer them unto God. Listen, and this is when Samuel makes the declaration. He tells him over here, he said, listen, it's, uh, that's, that's what Titus was talking about in Titus 3, 5, not by our works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he, he washed us uh, 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 washed us again and, and, and born us in righteousness. Uh, friends, listen, and, and, and the Bible tells us that Samuel tells Saul, listen, it's, it's not by our works he says it's by our obedience. Amen. He plainly declares them. He said, Sacrifices and offering thou wouldest not. Uh, amen. Christ wants obedience to him. But the Bible tells us, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. Amen. If you believe, you have eternal. It, it, listen, it, it's plain. Amen. Uh, listen, there's a lot of people that try and parse this thing left and right and up and down. But the scripture is very explicit and very plain. He that believeth on the Son hath life. He that believeth not does not. Amen. Uh, and the Bible tells us right here, but the wrath of God abideth on him. The wrath of God abideth on him. Wrath was not poured out on our Savior the Son. Wrath will be poured out on those who believe not on his atoning sacrifice that was yielded on the cross of Calvary. No man took it. He surrendered it. He willfully gave it and offered it that he might redeem all things. Don't tell me nobody loves you. Friends, listen to me. I believe the church has done uh, uh, more harm than we have good in trying to communicate. Saint, let mom tell you something. Sin is sin. Wrong is wrong and right is right and it always will be. Nothing will change that. But friends, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. God loves sinners so much that he sent his son that he might redeem them. There is a redeemable quality about every single one of us. Amen. Uh, listen, uh, and it's not based on our performance and perfection. It's not how we live, friends. Listen to me. We need to understand this. Christ, in Romans chapter number 5, and I, and I said this now, but God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for us, and he loved us when we were in sin. Not when we were righteous, not when we were good, not when we were faithful churchgoers. Are all those things good? Are those things that show obedience to the king? Should we do those things? Yes, amen, we should. But we don't need to do them in an attempt to, to make God love us more because God loved us when we were sinners. God just wants us to be faithful to his son and his sacrifice in his kingdom. God bless you. We love you tonight so very much. Pray for those that are sick. Uh, there's many that have uh, so many needs we cannot even number. Uh, as we encroach upon this Christmas season, we celebrate our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's so, many, uh, there's so much turmoil going on around us. Uh, but friends, listen, we need to surrender ourselves to the King. We need to uh, we need to take hold of the fact uh, of what Abraham uh, declared and cried. He said, uh, listen, he said, I'm looking for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Our hope is not in this world. We're pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. There's something greater, better 
far beyond these starry skies. I'm glad, friends, listen, that we have perfect peace and presence in the, in the harmony of our Savior to look forward to if we're saved by the grace of God. God bless you tonight. We love you. I hope the Lord would uh, ever watch over you and keep you. Most of all, I hope if you're not saved, get down somewhere, repent, believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and receive Him precious to your never-dying soul. God bless you is our prayer. We love you in Jesus' name.